the pitch. Swing and a base hit to left center field. And Camellia's going to score. This game is over. On an RBI hit by Mickey Poe. Thanks for taking the time to download and listen to the Philadelphia Baseball Review Podcast. I'm Patrick Gordon, founder and executive editor of the Philadelphia Baseball Review. Our mission is to cover baseball at all levels throughout the Philly region, with a particular focus on promoting the amateur, high school, and college ranks. Our aim is to tell the untold baseball stories across the Quaker City. So please be sure to follow me on Twitter if you're not already at PGordonPBR. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you may be listening. Also, leave us a review. And be sure to visit PhiladelphiaBaseballReview.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter. Now, let's get into today's show. My guest today is one of the top college arms to come out of the Philly area in some time. He's dra- he was drafted in the fifth round this past June by the St. Louis Cardinals out of Villanova. Pieced together an outstanding first professional season in Palm Beach, posting a 1.73 ERA over 26 innings. Gordon Graceffo, welcome. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Gordon, it's had to be a whirlwind for you. I can only imagine the emotions that you've gone through putting together a solid season with Villanova, then getting drafted, and then 10 days after being drafted, basically reporting down to Palm Beach. Walk me through that week, not just the day, but the week leading up to the draft. You know, did you have people chirping in your ear? Uh, you know, were scouts still sniffing around? What was that process like for you? Uh, yeah, it was definitely definitely a crazy, crazy week, crazy time. But um, yeah, that week, so I had just gotten home from Cape Cod, actually, because I was playing summer ball down there. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, scouts definitely are still uh, still in contact <laughs> with you up until like pretty much that, that day, the morning of the draft. But um, I was kind of just chilling at home, like trying to treat every day as normal. Um, but uh, I think the day before I got a call from a couple teams and they said, Oh, we want you like, we're going to do our best to draft you. But obviously you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt just because that's one scout. It's one guy in the, sure in the draft room and he has his opinion and a bunch of other guys have their opinion. But I got a couple calls from teams the day before I got a couple calls from teams the morning of, and uh, you just kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt and you just kind of wait for uh wait for it to happen. Now, what are those scouts saying when you're getting those calls? And I can only imagine, you know, what do you, what's your response to them? You know, are they saying to you, "Hey, we're we're really interested. We're looking at taking you." I mean, wh- if that's what they're saying, what is your response to that? I mean, you. So I, I'm a I'm a life. I've been a lifelong Yankees fan. And I remember one specific call that I got was from the Red Sox, and I was sitting with my dad in the living room. <laughs> and I put the phone on speaker and one of the Red Sox scouts was like, we want you to be a Red Sox. We want you really, really bad. We're going to do our best to draft you. And I was like, and you kind of, you just respond to me like, you just feel lucky to be in that position. Sure. And uh, I responded like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So hopefully we can make it happen. Hang up the phone. I remember me and my dad just kind of look at each other and, and we're like, wow, like this is, this is real. Wow. This is, this is going to happen. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. Now, at what point in your career, you know, and this is probably, I, I would assume at Villanova, but you know, at what, what point did you think, Hey, I have a legitimate shot here at making this a career. You know, was there a specific moment or a turning point where, you know, you went from just being a, a solid D one pitcher 
to, hey, I think I have the stuff to take this to the next level? Um, I remember freshman year, probably, I think Coach Mulvey kind of put that in my idea, put that idea in my head. Just kind of, I can do what I did coming into freshman year and continue to get bigger, continue to get stronger, continue to refine all the aspects of pitching that I have a shot. And I, he made it very, very clear that I, it would only happen if I continued to work. And I, that kind of, that kind of lit a fire under me and I just kind of kept going. Right. And how, how supportive was he? I can only imagine, you know, him being a major league, you know, pedigree, how supportive was he and the rest of the staff at Nova for you? Oh, they were awesome. They, they helped me so much throughout my time there. I can't thank them enough for what I've done. Uh, They've given me so much guidance, so much help throughout my three years there. Uh, It's been, it's been unreal. Now I'm this, I'm really interested to hear your take on this. So, a lot of talk, and rightfully so, has been on housing conditions for minor league players, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you yeah. were down Palm Beach, you know, uh, a, a nice place. What was that like for you? That, that You know, we've heard now that teams are, are going to be required to take over and, and pay for, you know, housing and things. Was that an issue for you? How, you know, walk us through uh, those of us that may not be familiar with life as a minor leaguer. What was that like for you? Mm-hmm. So once I got down there, they uh, the the Cardinals put me up in the team hotel down in Palm Beach. So it was probably about ten minutes from our spring training facility, and that's like the team hotel for spring training. But um, I lived there for about a month, and the first two weeks, uh, they kind of they took care of the page because everybody's getting all settled. And um, once I got moved onto the low A Palm Beach team, I the cost for the hotel kind of came out of my pocket. So I spent the next two weeks kind of looking for a place to live outside of the hotel just because it was more cost-effective for me. And a couple guys ended up being moved up to the high-A team in Peoria, and spots opened up in a house closer to the facility. Um, it, it was cheaper, so I ended up living with a few guys um, kind of down the street from the spring training facility in Jupiter. But I can envision it being sort of you're not making a whole lot to start out, you yeah. know. I mean, signing bonuses aside and things like that, mm-hmm. that it has to be tough for you know for you all to kind of make that work while focusing on you know trying to get a solid start to your career. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a lot to uh, to kind of tackle all at once. But once you once you kind of figure out your situation and you settle in, it it gets a lot better. Now, what has the transition been like for you, Gordon, to making the jump from you know, pitching at college to, to now class A. Um, it was, it was a big jump. It's, it's a big, it's a big lifestyle change, which I think was the biggest, was the biggest change was just kind of, you wake up, you, you're doing baseball for eight hours. Like it's a nine to five job pretty much. And it's, and that, that was the most different kind of aspect of this whole thing, but I loved it. It was, it's, it's amazing. It, I love focusing on baseball and kind of focusing on how can I better myself twenty four seven? And I, uh, I feel like that that's going to help me so much. Now, have you realized that sort of the the tricks of the trade as a pitcher that worked, you know, at D one are not working as well in Class A? I mean, give give our listeners some insights there. How that's like as a pitcher, you know, have you had to change how you go about, you know, attacking hitters and things like that? So in D one baseball. Uh, you kind of if you make a mistake with location or you throw the wrong pitch in the in a certain count, 
Um, maybe they'll put it in play and get themselves out. Maybe they'll hit a single in in pro ball. It's if you make a mistake, it's it's a double in the gap, and sometimes it's a home run. So it's just kind of being able to fine tune everything to do do what you want in a certain count and put a pitch where you want and kind of keeping that focus throughout the entire time you're in the game. Right. Now, July 29th at home against Tampa, right? You make your debut. Yeah. Toss one in the third innings with a pair. What was going through your mind there when you jogged out to the mound? What did you feel, you know, when, when you took the ball? And then also when you took the seat in the dugout, you know, when your when your time was over, walk us through that day. So um, I was actually that was the first day I was actually activated on the roster, and they they moved me up on uh, I think that was a Thursday. They moved me up on a Tuesday to practice with the low A team, but me and the three other pitchers that they moved up at the same time, we could only practice Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we were actually activated on the roster on Thursday, and they ended up being rained out on Tuesday and Wednesday. So kind of the first game we were there for, we were all active for. And we were kind of sitting in the pen like, oh yeah, maybe we'll pitch today. Like a lot, Everybody's pretty well rested because they've been canceled two days in a row. And I ended up I ended up going in the game. They call, call my number uh, pretty early on. And I mean, that was a surreal experience. You kind of, once you get on the mound to warm up, it's kind of like a, it's a whirlwind and then you get the, get the butterflies running out there. And then once you step on the game mound, it's it's kind of all uh, you gotta get the blinders on. Now, when you sat down in the dugout afterwards, like what went through your mind? Like, wow, I can't believe that this is happening, or was it just like another day uh, in the life of a pitcher? I mean, you try you you say it's you like to keep it as another day, but um, you want to treat it like that. But uh, it, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely surreal. It was definitely uh, something I'll never forget. But. I knew I got I got that one I got that last out and I knew I was gonna go out for another inning, so I was trying to just focus on focus on that, trying to trying to keep my debut solid. So I'm glad uh I'm glad it ended up well. Now did you uh were you able to take a ball or anything like that from that game? Yeah, I did I did end up taking the ball. And where's that at now? Uh it's it's actually uh right beside me at my at my desk here. That home. is a, that is awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Now it appears for now at least the Cardinals look at you. Uh, as an arm out of the bullpen, how's that changed your mindset? You know, you know, at Nova, you know, you're one of the best starters in, in the region. Looks like now coming out of the pen, you know, how does that change uh, your mindset? Yeah, coming out of the pen was definitely an adjustment, uh, especially an adjustment in pro ball. But I, I mean, I didn't mind it at all. Uh, having my exit meetings with uh, my pitching coach and my manager and the uh, pitching coordinator, the minor league pitching coordinator with the Cardinals uh, before I left Florida. Um, hopefully they said that they they said that hopefully they'll uh, move me into a starting role when I come back. So they said train as a starter, train as you normally would over the off season if you were going to be in a starting role. So uh, hopefully it hopefully it stays that way. Awesome. So it sounds like then you would rather be a starter than than coming out of the pen, but you would be happy doing either. Yeah, I would definitely be happy doing either. But I've definitely been more of a starter throughout my career, and sure. uh, yeah, I'm definitely more comfortable doing that. But wherever they want to put me, I'm not going to complain. Now, what was your biggest surprise about life in the minors? It doesn't have to be on the field, but what is something that maybe you weren't expecting that you experienced or, you know, was it just the camaraderie of the guys? Like what, what stood out to you as sort of, wow, that really amazed me during your first uh, stint in pro ball? Um, I definitely, definitely the attitude just of all the guys on the team. Cause you kind of, 
you kind of think it's pro ball is such an individual thing because everybody's trying to move up. Everybody's trying to take each other's spot. Like it's super, it's super individualized, but everybody on my team was, they were super, super close. Everybody was a, everybody was a big help. Like, I mean, you, you're bouncing out ideas off different guys. I mean, it was, it was like any other team I've been on. Like the camaraderie was great. And, uh, I didn't really know how it would, how it would be. Now, one of the unfortunate pieces that has impacted everybody in different ways over the last, geez, it feels like forever, but two years, I guess, is the lost COVID season, right? Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how did that impact you? How did you keep yourself busy? You know, what, walk us through what, what that year was for you and, and what you had to do. Yeah, that was definitely a brutal time uh, in my life and so many other people's lives. But um, we had gotten off to a great start my sophomore year, and just to see all that end was was awful. We we were doing so well for, and it seemed like forever we uh, we hadn't really been doing that great. But um, yeah, so I got home, just kind of started lifting on my own. Uh, kept throwing, stayed in throwing shape. Um, I ended up going to my pitching coach that I've been going to for a really long time uh, at home, and we worked on a lot of mechanical things. We fine-tuned a lot of stuff, and all in all, I think the the COVID shutdown, as hard as it was, it helped me a lot. Just kind of fine-tune myself, my mechanics. I think a lot of the disparity between guys coming back for uh, college baseball in 2021 was how hard they worked over the COVID shutdown and how hard they worked on their own. And I like to think that I am one of the hardest workers in the country and that I worked hard over the COVID shutdown. That helped me so much to have a great junior year and to end up where I am right now. Now, you mentioned uh, a pitching coach back home. Is that somebody that is affiliated with Cranford or? No. So he, um, how I, I've known him since I was probably about 11 years old through my grandpa, actually. But uh, yeah, he's up in North Jersey, Silvio Sensali. Um, he's been great to me uh, since I've been going to him. He's helped me so much. Now, is he part of an academy, or is it just somebody that is in the game and you know that you knew? Yeah, he. I mean, he's kind of just a private pitching instructor. He's had he's worked out of different facilities. Um, he's had his own places. Like he's kind of all over the place. But uh, I mean, he went to Miami, got drafted in the fourth round. Um, I guess in the in eighties, eighties or nineties, and uh, I mean he just knows the game so well, and uh, he's he's been a big help to me. Now you said you're a Yankees guy, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so, contractually obligated not to be anymore, but yeah, yes, yeah. Well, we got to put the disclaimer in there, but yeah. it makes sense because you're from North Jersey, right up in Wayne, uh, Cranford, New Jersey. Okay, Cranford. So. You know, baseball in the Northeast is tough. And, it, it you know, you look at teams down south, Florida State, Miami, Clemson, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're outside year-round. You know, all the players are playing, you know, high school seasons that last 50, 60 games, some of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different here in the Northeast. What advice can you offer younger players up here in the Northeast, in the Philly area, you know, that, to try and overcome some of these obstacles mm-hmm. that – are just part of being in the Northeast, the, dealing with this climate. Um, well, one thing is definitely got to take pride in it. You got, I mean, there's only so many Northeast guys and Big East guys, Jersey guys up in uh, in, in pro ball up that got up to the the higher levels, and you got to take pride in it. It's a, it's a little club that that you have to like like being a part of. But um, I kind of treat it as an as an advantage, just because those guys down in the south they're throwing, especially the pitchers, they're throwing all year round, and it's 
as as much as they love the game and they want to throw all year round, it's tough on the body. And you have to. There's got to be a point where you take a little bit of time off. And like being in the Northeast, it kind of forced you to take a little time off, which definitely helped me as I've as I've gotten older and I've I've grown and gotten stronger. And definitely being in the Northeast, I when you're when you're not playing baseball because it's too cold outside, take your time playing other sports. I mean, they they're going to make you a better athlete. They're going to make you a, a stronger player uh, in, in baseball. So you gotta kind of have to take advantage of it. Right now. What is your opinion, Gordon, on the, the, the showcase circuit? And, you know, so, so many times we'll see, you know, whether it be perfect game or, or other, um, you know, showcase tournaments and things like that, where, you know, athletes get on that cycle and, you know, is that always a good move for people? What, what is your take? So, I mean, it's it's different for everybody. It's different how you want to get seen. I mean, I never did any of that. I mean, in high school, I really only played high school baseball, and then I worked over the summer. I never did any of those showcases, never went to any perfect game stuff. Uh, it was kind. Of, it's kind of unique hearing about that, especially for somebody that's gotten to the level that I'm at. But uh, it's 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 different for everyone. If I I was seen a lot through high school baseball, I went to I went to one camp for Villanova that the coaches asked me to go to before that I ended up signing there. But everything, every uh, way that I was recruited was through high school baseball. Right. So I, I can't, it's tough to comment on all that stuff when I sure. hadn't, I hadn't done a lot of it, but uh, I mean, it's different for everybody. I know a lot of people that have loved it, that have made lifelong friends doing it, that have gotten a lot of opportunities playing in really cool places, uh, playing in front of a lot of, a lot of great uh, schools that have gotten a lot of opportunities at some great schools because they played on these teams. But yeah. Now you did spend uh, a summer at the college level uh, pitching in the Cape Cod league. What was that like? Uh, It was awesome. That is an experience I'll never forget. That was one of the best group of guys that I've ever been on the field with. And now the living arrangements there, you're with families and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Host families. So how was that experience? I mean, were you bunking with anybody else or, like you know that that idea of being with the family, playing the games at night, or you know playing the games during the day, it has to be unique. Yeah, it's it's definitely a unique experience. It was great. I stayed with uh, two great people, Steve and Tracy and Zoni. Uh, shout out to them. They were they were amazing, amazing uh, host family. And I also I lived with uh, Peter Burns, a catcher from Boston College, and Cole Chidoba, a pitcher from UConn. So and they were great roommates. I mean, everybody on that team. Um, we kind of did. Uh, we lift in the morning. We go to we go to our game at night, and then after the game, we'd all end up at somebody's host host house and just chilling, talking, hashing everything, talking baseball. Like it was it was a great time. Those guys those guys are lifelong friends. I still contend that the movie Summer Catch is uh-huh. is a solid baseball movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, what uh, what is your favorite piece of advice that you've ever received? Uh, you know, regarding your you know, career in baseball and, and in life in general, what, what is one piece of advice you've received that, wow, that stuck with me. And and that's something I'm going to carry. Um, definitely guys just getting into like freshmen in college guys, just starting pro ball, just kind of anybody making that transition to another level. Just remember that you're there for a reason and that you belong there and that you're good enough to be there. Like have that confidence. Cause I remember coming into freshman year, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really, I was kind of unsure of if I belong there, all that. And I didn't have a great start my freshman year. And I remember Coach Mulvey pulled me aside, like literally in the middle of a game. I had a bad inning 
He pulled me aside in the middle of a game, took me into like our uh, batting cage, like in on the right field line. And he was like, listen, you're here for a reason. I want you to stop. I want you to stop acting like, like you're not good enough to be here. Like you, like we want you here. We want you pitching this game. Like have that confidence, have that fire, like attack those hitters. And I, that kind of stuck with me ever since. And I'm, Anytime that I get a little bit stressed out or unsure, like that's what I kind of go back to. Now, on the field, is there one moment you look at and, and kind of just shake your head like, what was I doing there? Is there one embarrassing moment, high school, college, Cape Cod, wherever, American Legion, something that you're like, man, to this day, I still won't, won't live that down in my mind? Um, well, as a pitcher, there's definitely a lot of mistakes I've made. A lot of pitches, <laughs> a lot of pitches that I can go back to, and I'm like, why did I do that? Right, but um, I kind of pride myself on being not only being a good pitcher, but kind of being a good athlete on the field. Sure, and so that like includes making plays and getting outs, not like making plays yourself, kind of like PFPs, that kind of stuff. Right. And the first opportunity I had at a PFP in pro ball, I threw a changeup. The kid hit a little, a uh, little ground ball to my right, and I was falling off the mound to my left. So I kind of tried to turn around and shuffle shuffled fielded the ball as i fielded the ball i kicked the ball out of my glove oh. and then went to pick it up again kicked it again and was kind of playing soccer with it and then tried to pick it up and throw the guy out and i didn't get the out and that that pissed me off a lot and that kid ended up scoring and it, i just look at that i think about that all the time and i'm like wow i i literally all i had to do was feel that and throw, throw it to first base isn't it funny how those little moments stick with you? And you know, you'll you'll be pl- pitching in the pro in the uh, in the majors soon, and and you'll you'll think back about that one that that damn practice play. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's oh, yeah. funny how funny how that works. Now, how about your proudest moment? And we may have touched on that with July 29th, but maybe there's something else that really stands out to you, college wise, or you know, even at the high school level. What what would you say is your proudest moment on the diamond? That's a tough one. That, I mean, at every level, there's definitely something that, that sticks with me. Uh, so one would be definitely my debut in pro ball. But uh, one thing that I will definitely never forget is beating Arizona State uh, my sophomore year right before COVID. Yeah. That was that was one of the craziest wins of my life. That, that was one of the best times I've ever had on a baseball field after a game and then in the locker room after a win. That was awesome. Yeah, because they were ranked at that point, if I recall, yeah, right? They were three in the country at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. They had that was right before the five round draft. They had the most guys drafted in that five round draft of any team in the country. Which yeah. Is pretty cool. Now, what motivates you, Gordon? What keeps you going every day? Um, I mean, my family, they've been such a huge support system for me uh throughout my whole career, throughout my whole life. Um, them and I mean, I just want to be great. I love this game and I, I want to be as good as I can. And I just, I've worked so hard all my life just trying to get here. And I just want to keep going. Now, you kind of touched on this a little bit too. Um, your off season, what does it look like? Um, you know, what, what, do the, what do the Cardinals have you doing? And, and when will you be reporting for, for camp? Mm-hmm. So I've been working uh, with a personal trainer at the Annex, which is a, it's a sports performance center uh, up in North Jersey. It's been great. I love it. I, I, so I just lift every day pretty much. I've been giving some pitching lessons, um, trying to golf a lot, trying to get, trying to get <laughs> that part of my game better. But, um, I think the Cardinals will all end up being back in the spring training facility at the beginning of March. 
and then we'll go through spring training and the season starts April 8th. Awesome. Awesome. Now, are you for hire for pitching lessons? Is there a place people can go and sign up to work with you? Or is that something more on a, you know, a personal basis? Um, right now it's a personal basis. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my name out there more, get a couple more clients. Um, I kind of have to find an indoor indoor spot to do it when it gets colder up here. But, uh, yeah, that's in the process. What, um, where can people find you, Gordon, on social media? Is that something that you dabble with? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, people can, people can hit me up through those. It's just my, both of the accounts are just my name, my first and last name. Um, very active on both of those platforms. Awesome. And then my last question for you here, Gordon, and this is something that, you know, I really stand behind. It's one of the reasons why I created the Philadelphia baseball review a long time ago. It's why I pivoted a few years back to say, look, I need to do more with the college and high school game. Mm-hmm. How do we grow this sport? You know, we, we, we're coming off of a world series that was, uh, rating wise, poor Mm -hmm. Uh, i think the second worst in in recent memory Mm -hmm. you have pace of play issues i just got done speaking with jessica kleinschmidt from nbc uh sports about you know things that baseball can do to change it i personally am not a fan of seven inning double headers and ghost runners and and Mm -hmm. you know all these little gimmicky things yeah but but the fact is we need to do something and do something quick to really grow this game to get youth back into it um and to retain them you know, what in your mind is something that, that we all can do to, to help grow the sport? I mean, one thing that, that goes right to my mind is just kind of letting guys do their thing like out there. It's, it's stupid when people, I mean, when guys go out there and they have a personality and they, it, they show that they're having fun and stuff like that, like frowning upon stuff like that, like that is taking the game in the wrong direction. Like the guys should definitely go out there and, and show emotion and have fun and, show that they're having a good time because people watching, they want to see that. They want to know that this game is fun to play like this. It, it shouldn't be treated as a job. It's a, it's still a kid's game. It still should be treated like that. Yeah. That, that part you just said there where it's still a kid's game is so true. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, whether it be through the, uh, the showcase circuit or, you know, the, the fight for scholarships with, you know, eighth graders, uh, you know, trying to get into college and, you know, wherever, I feel like we've lost our way a little bit. I, I'm heavily yeah. involved with my local little league, you know, my son is seven and and hearing some of the parents and it's just like, whoa, like Purdue or Vanderbilt, they're not giving out scholarships today. We'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like a lot of it is parents trying to live vicariously through their children. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help matters either. No, um, not. So you have all these things going on. Plus, you know, I think one of the biggest parts to me you know the world series uh, you know I'll watch, it doesn't matter who's in it what time the game is you know I'm there as a as a writer and and as a fan mm-hmm. but the fact is i think i forget what game it was it's 11:30 at night and you know you're in the fourth inning yeah you know yeah. that doesn't help grow the game either mm-hmm. definitely not yeah I, I i definitely i saw a lot of things about that on twitter starting the games earlier and then you get into trouble with kind of like different time zones stuff like that Right. But yeah, you definitely you definitely need the the younger the younger audience uh, engaged. And going to yeah. back to what you were saying about the all the showcase stuff, people are treating it as a business earlier and earlier in life, and that kind of that stuff has to that stuff has to stop. Like the the yeah. basis of little league that that's so important. Like kids learn the game there, and they they learn to love it there. And if it's treated like a business, like a job, when you're 
12 years old, like they're not going to end up liking it. Right. You know, the sad part, Gordon, this will be, uh, this will be the last thing I have here, but you know, I, I got an email the other day about somebody inquiring about a travel team for six year olds. And it's sort of like, what, what are we doing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 38 and, you know, growing up, you know, it was nine, 10, 11, you started travel teams and then, you know, you progress, but now, you know, we're getting six year olds Yeah, and it's, it's wild. And, um, I just don't think, I don't think that's good for the game, but Gordon, look, you are, um, definitely a person that we are going to continue to follow. Um, you know, we wish nothing but the best for you going forward. And I would love to talk to you further, you know, next, next spring into the summer, uh, hopefully, you know, good things continue to go your way. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time here and uh, talking with me a bit. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, Gordon. Gordon Graceffo, everybody. 